I am a performance coach for uh, professional and collegiate athletes as well as business professionals. And you know, at the end of the day, our work really comes down to the enjoyment of working one-on-one with individuals and then having the opportunity to work with teams. You know, people can read bios and, and hear some of the stages and things I've had the opportunity to stand on and the people I've been able to spend time with. But at the end of the day, I'm an old soul. That's typically what I want people to know about me. I've been through so much challenge and adversity in my life. I've needed mentors and coaches and people who need what I do. I still need them to help me get through that day-to-day of life and the ability to put that one foot in front of the other. So would you say that, I suppose everyone, there's a great quote, everyone sees people who've been really successful and immediately think, oh, they were born with it. They already always had that. With the journey, it's kind of something that you never stop learning in and it's amazing to hear you also be so honest about that because even though you're so successful at the moment, you've still gone through that process and you're still in that process as well at the moment. Well, absolutely. And so, you know, for me, a couple of things. There's a lot I could actually say for what you just said, which is great. I always believe have a mentor. Now, coming from a guy who I consider myself more of a performance coach than a motivational, inspirational speaker, but a lot of times, because that's what I'm brought in to do, that's how people refer to me, but I believe in having it, because this won't sound motivational, have a mentor that you will never catch. So make sure that you have a mentor that is so far ahead or they're continuing to inspire you and they're constantly learning, they're constantly growing. So for me, my mentor is a guy named John Gordon. So even though, and I appreciate you saying that you know we've had this tremendous success, I look and go, well, John's doing all this stuff over here. What more can I learn from John? What more can I learn? And you know, like right now, I've had the blessing of working with the Alabama football program, and their head their head coach is a guy named Nick Saban. Uh, some of your listeners, I'm sure, probably know him. Some may not, but Nick Saban is arguably known as the greatest coach to ever coach anything in the history of the world. So, and definitely top five. And some people say he's the best. So for me, they might be bringing me in to have the opportunity to work with his team and his players. But I'm going in and I get to learn so much. I get to learn from him. I get to learn from his players. And then having those mentors like John Gordon, you nailed it. I think our opportunity in life is to never be content, to never say that we're done growing. Because how could I help somebody as a coach if I'm not constantly reading books and trying to increase my awareness of who I am and how I can help others? That's an incredible perspective. And it's something that, I guess, would you say you've always had or something that you've developed? Did you always have this perspective and this mindset, or is it something that's gradually grown with you? Well, I mentioned earlier, I said the words old soul, and that comes from a couple of my mentors have always referred to me as an old soul because I had to grow up fast in life. And as I share some intricacies of my story, you know, I recognize that you have a story. Everybody listening right now, we all have a story. And sometimes even through our pain and our challenge, we can pull our most significant strength. And that's what I've had to do since a very, very young age. My parents were divorced when I was six months old. I never knew my parents together. Uh, My mother shortly thereafter, when I was five years old in 1983, was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. And amyloidosis, we all have amyloids. Jessica, you have amyloids in in your muscles, and we all have the amyloids. And so if you have an excess of amyloids, you have a disease called amyloidosis. At the time of her diagnosis, there were two hospitals in the United States treating the disease, the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and the Boston Medical Center. My mother flies to Boston and was told by a woman by the name of Dr. Martha Skinner, you're only the second woman under 40 years old I've ever seen or heard of having the disease, and you have two to four years to live. And 
I had to learn at a very young age that how we choose to respond to adversity and challenge in our lives determines the story that we write. And my mom took out this old blue meat notebook and it became a journal where she wrote, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with the disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. So that was my example. That's what I knew that my mother was literally dying before my eyes. By seven years old, we had 24-hour nursing care in our house, and my mother would come to the dinner table with an IV stand with one or two nurses to ask me how my day was at school. And even though my mother passed on November 2nd, 1986, so we just crossed over 32 years she's been gone, my mother's legacy lives on stronger today than it ever has because I'm fighting every single day as hard as I possibly can to connect you and to connect all your listeners to what's their drive, what's their passion, what's their hardship they've been through where just like for me, it's actually going to give them a different perspective to fight harder on the days that they feel like they can't do it. And so for me, I, I had to grow up fast. I didn't have a choice. So part of this um, mindset of, you know, a champion or mindset of I got to keep fighting, it, it certainly wasn't by choice because I wouldn't wish my path or choose my path. Um, but I'm very blessed that this is the path that I'm on and to have a mom that provided this amazing example. That's that's so powerful in so many ways. And I think, gosh, you mentioned your mom wrote this, wrote this book with, with all of, basically it showed her mindset about it. Would you say that in a way was the key that triggered everything for you to just think, oh my God, my mom thought this way with all of this. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to live her legacy. So here's, here's what's amazing. I actually haven't been asked this, this question in a long time. So I actually didn't receive the journal to understand my mother's words. Now, I watched her behaviors, her behaviors and how she led my brother and I helped me realize the greatest life lesson I've ever learned from anybody. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. But I wasn't given that journal until I was a junior in college. I went, I came back home to St. Louis. I went to Michigan State University and I go to my grandparents' house, my mom's parents, and I walk in and my grandma says, here's a box of your mother's belongings. And I, I didn't know what was in it. And I'm a very emotional guy. I cry when I watch Extreme Home Makeover. So I'm very, very emotional. And my grandma gives me this box. I open it up. And in the box were letters from my mother's doctor, from Dr. Skinner, all this stuff. I mean, at this point, I was well over 20 years old. And there was this journal. And I opened up this journal. And at that point in time, I read the first page. And I cried like a baby. I tucked it away in that box. And I didn't open up that box again until my wife was pregnant with our first child. And we were moving to the home that we live in now. And I believe at that time I was 27 years old. So, you know, essentially I tucked it away because I wasn't ready for seven years. It moved with me from school to Chicago back to St. Louis. I didn't want to get into that box. And we all have that box, but I ripped it open, found that journal. And that's when I first read the lessons. Now, I knew the lessons because of how my mother had lived. But to read those lessons was completely different. I was able to become closer to my mom than, than I ever had been. And, you know, a, a lot of people say, well, you know, if your mom passed 11 days before your eighth birthday, how do you remember this? And, you know, if, if almost eight years is all you have, you remember a lot. But having that journal really helped, uh, helped me deeply connect uh, to my mom and the, and, and the power of her story and how she lived and her perspective, her mindset. I want to ask, I've got to ask first, I was, the next question is going to be, um, is that what sort of drove you to be this enter into performance coaching? But the first question I have is what triggered you to open that box? That must, that was a big, a big step to take. 
Yeah, so if, if you and your listeners could picture, right, so you kind of look at my office, right, I'm a pretty, pretty organized and, and detailed guy, so my wife and I are very organized, very anal individuals, and so I'm standing in the garage, and we were getting ready to move from the townhouse that we lived in to the house that we currently live in. My wife is pregnant, and on one of the walls of the garage were these 30 clear plastic tubs, and it had all of our stuff in it. And up in the upper right-hand corner was this two men in a mover's box wrapped in two rolls of duct tape. And my wife finally says to me, she's like, babe, like, what is in that box? And I I knew what was in the box. So literally all these clear plastic tubs in this one box, like, right, it contained all my, my secrets. And I, I knew, yet I had left it in that box. So, like, when I shared with you, I literally, like, that journal and all those records, it was in that box wrapped up. I didn't open it. And so, finally, my wife goes in to grab a broom. I pull the box down. I rip it open. I open up that journal again. I read the first page. I'm crying like a baby again. And my wife comes down, and she looks at me, and she's like, what, what, did, I, what did I do? Did I say something? And, and I just, I take the journal, and I handed it to her. And she went, and she read it cover to cover. And... She came back and she said, you are exactly like your mother. She said, you are exactly like your mom. Now, keep in mind, I had never read every word in this journal. She says, you have to find the strength to read this. And I went and I read it. And it is amazing how my mom and I were literally like the same person. And the the mindset and this positive attitude here, it's, you know, now at that point in time, I was first hired to speak in 2006. So here we are. This was probably about 2008, the story that I'm sharing with you. Yeah, my son was born March 4, 2008. So it's 2008. We're getting ready to move. And so this is two years. I'd already been speaking. I'd already been coaching. I'd already had this positive life and journey that I was helping take people on. And I was on it myself. Yet I hadn't known the exact mindset of my mom. It was just what I experienced and how she chose to live. So it's, it's pretty powerful. You know, sometimes I don't think we slow down to recognize that the little people in our lives or the friends of the significant others, we're being watched. And you're writing the story of your legacy every single day. Every single interview that you do and the passion and the energy that you put into it, it's part of your legacy. And every single individual listening, like you're writing your legacy every single day. Like you're, you're putting that pen to paper every day and to slow down and to be intentional and to be where your feet are and to recognize that is very, very powerful. I guess, and that's, I guess you're right because also we're writing our legacy, but we're also impacting others legacy as well. Like your mom in that short time she had with you, she impacted your legacy essentially in those, in those eight years. And I think maybe, I mean, do you realize as well the, I guess, do you see it when, when you work, the impact you have on individuals? Cause you're, as a performance coach, I guess it's completely marked. You can see the performance from A all the way to Z. You must see that every day. So, you know, um, you see it every day, but I'm driven by that impact and helping people write their story. So I probably don't think like, hey, I'm making this big impact on this person's life, right? I just, I want to know what their dreams are. I want to know what their hopes are. I want to know what's in their heart, right? I think there's so many coaches and individuals that there's any people who aspire to be a coach you know I certainly I'm still trying to get better all the time and to read new books and to, and to have those great mentors and but there are some things that we have learned and I've asked this question of other great leaders I always ask like what's the most important thing with coaching you got to find what's in somebody's heart mm -hmm. and you know 
this business is not a cookie cutter business, right? I can't treat you the same way I treat somebody else, right? You're different. There's a hardwiring of your heart. There's what's your passion about your purpose. And if I don't understand your heart and your purpose, we can't go any further in our conversation. And so for me, you know, I think more of the connection to that heart and that purpose than I do, hey, this is what I'm going to get from this. So this is what I'm going to do. I just, I love serving people. That's an amazing, what a mission. That's an amazing mission. And when you, when you serve people and when you, you look to improve how they're performing, what do you, or, or how, I guess, how did you form your method? So everyone has a method. What gave you the, the ideas or what sort of rules do you work by? So life, life experience is really how I <laughs> developed tools, right? You get, you get knocked down enough times and you have mentors and coaches who pick you up and you're like, oh, I was able to get up this time, right? And you're like, why was I able to get up? Oh, I stayed focused on the hard work rather than trying to hold on too tightly to the results that I couldn't control. And you say, okay, how can I develop an approach or how can I develop a methodology around don't hold on too tightly to results you can't control Let's identify the daily behaviors that will cause you to feel great about your day and to win one day at a time, as opposed to what can I sell, what can I do, what can I win? No. To me, winning is giving your best effort every single day. So you get knocked down enough times, you realize, okay, if I focus on what I can control, I'm going to be better off. And I've been through so much challenge and adversity. Now, that's one of our mental training tools. We call it a prize fighter day. And it's just focusing on the things personally, professionally, and in your service to others that are all activity-based. It's a choice. That when you choose to follow through on those activities, you can win one day at a time, and you measure your wins on your effort rather than things that you can't control. Oh, so that's really, wow. And the, the kind of people that you work with, so performance coach, you mentioned obviously within sports, what kind of, is it purely sports? Or is it professional as well? So who can come to you and say, okay, help me? Yeah, so, you know, one of the, the wonderful things about our work and the blessings is being able to work with individuals who are, um, you know, an entrepreneur running a solo business all the way to I do coaching work for a $7 billion solutions team for Microsoft. So I work with 12 leaders for Microsoft brought in all the time to keep them motivated, to keep them, you know, accountable to the individual financial advisor all the way to one of the UFC champions of the world to you know, national champions like Alabama to having the opportunity to work with, you know, professional athletes that won the Super Bowl last year. So for us, it, it, every day is different, which makes it really unique. And one of the things that's really cool that we've been able to identify is that whether I'm working with a Super Bowl champion or an all-star in business is that everybody is really focusing on the same thing if they really want to be successful, and that's to give their best one day at a time. And so whether you're in business or in sports, the people that I've been able to identify perform at the highest level are the ones who can look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, today I gave it my very best. Because if you have the ability to look in the mirror and say you gave it your very best, nobody can ever take that away from you, and nobody can ever ask any more of you than that. But here's the, here's the key to this, right? You can't lie to yourself. And when it's you looking in that mirror, you know if you gave your best effort. I know if I gave my best effort. And to me... The, the highest performers, they have an honest evaluation of themselves. They don't want to cheat themselves. They're going to go into a day and say, if I have this day, I'm going to maximize my opportunity to be the best that I can be today and truly live that, not just say it. 
You know, to me, it drives me crazy. There's so many people on Instagram these days. I'm grinding. I'm, I'm making it happen. I'm on the grind. And it's like, it's like, okay, first off, let's define what you think the grind is. Like, let's slow this down. And it drives me crazy. It's like, stop talking all this nonsense. Like, figure out what's in your heart. Figure out where you want to go. And just commit to being the best you can be every single day. And I promise you, your story is going to speak volumes to the world. Oh, wow. But I, I get you so much. That's, it's funny. It's something that it seems simple, doesn't it? But we always seem to have to make things bigger and more grander, especially in this day and age. It's that thing. It's where you've got to be telling everyone what you're doing as opposed to working on what you're doing. And it's that the, the honesty to yourself, I think, is very important because we look so much now at being what we're showing to everyone else. What does everyone else think about us? What does everyone else think about what we're doing? It's actually within us in that way. And I guess well, I, I can't. So, so let me let me just touch on this point. I, I think you'll love this too. You know, everybody these days, everybody's a speaker, everybody's a coach, everybody's an author. And I don't say this to impress anybody. I say it to impress upon the point, but also to inspire those who want to reach you know those levels of doing those things. You know, I've had the opportunity. I've written six books. I've been able to speak in seven different countries. We'll add India in February. Will be the eighth country. I speak 80, 90 times a year. I've been doing this for 13 years. I remember, I mean, my first ever speaking engagement, I got paid $500. I was 26 years old. I was still a financial advisor at the time. And a company said, come in and tell us what you're doing. And and, and I went, I was in Chicago. So they paid me 500 bucks in my expenses. I'm like, this is a thing? Like, this is a, this is a business? You can do this? And I fell in love with the ability to connect with people. And every speaking engagement wasn't always paid after that. I remember I'd go give talks and I'd finish the talk and they'd be like, we got you this great coffee cup. Thanks for coming out. It's like trying to explain to your wife, you just got paid a coffee cup to speak. You know, it's one of those things where if you're connected, go all into your real purpose, but you you can't bypass the hard work. And I share these parts of my story, not to say, look at me, look at the books I've written and how many times I speak. It's to say the calls that I get with people who say, I'm a speaker and I'm going to do this. How can I get to the next level? And I challenge them to say, okay, here, identify. This is any business where you're a speaker or not. How many times a day do you tell the world that you want to speak and you're passionate about coaching and making a difference in people's lives? And they say zero. And I say, well, if you're not telling anybody, how do they know yet you want to be a speaker and a coach? And I say, so whether it's five or 10 or 15 times, Find all of the different ways that you can share with the world that you have a message you want to touch people's lives, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, I mean, all of these different things. Just put your message out to the world. Share your heart. Share your positivity. Share your message. But if you're unwilling to put in that work every single day, you don't deserve to speak 80, 90 times a year. You don't deserve to speak like my mentor getting paid twice what I get paid. Remember, I have a mentor that you'll never catch, right? So... I, I recognize that this is a business, but I also recognize there's examples of people who push me and challenge me and help me realize I'm only scratching the surface of my potential. So there's no easy way to perform in sports. There's no easy way to perform in business. There's no easy way to perform in my business. It's good old-fashioned hard work driven by your heart and your purpose one day at a time. And what would you say is, so you've built this up from that first $500 speaking engagement. What were the the three key things to from that point to where you are now that you feel really drove that growth or drove your career growth? So I, I think purpose. I mean, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to be clear on, on, on a purpose. And when I say a purpose, let me actually more clearly define that on your purpose. 
not what you think somebody else would want your purpose to be, not a, a purpose you think would sound really good if you said it in front of an audience. I'm talking about connecting to your purpose, what drives you. For me, I just want to help people write their stories because my mom did everything she possibly could to instill these values in me to give me everything I needed to fight one day at a time. So I'm driven by purpose every single day. And then I think the next thing is belief. You know, it's one thing to have a purpose. It's another thing to be fueled by your belief that you have the ability to make a difference and to live that story, which then drives the hard work every day. And I think for everybody, you know, if you were, so imagine you wake up every day and it's your purpose statement you've written. And this is how our coaching methodology works. And, and, and I say to you, what's the environment that you need to build for you to connect to your purpose every day? And you say, oh, I'm going to put it on my phone or I'm going to put it on my mirror. I don't care where you put it, but how are we going to connect you to your purpose every day? And then how are we going to connect you to your belief? Because if we connect that purpose and that belief, right? So essentially what I'm saying is, how can we connect your heart and your mind? If I can connect your heart and your mind together as one, you're going to want to do the work every day. It's the people who wake up every day and they're not clear on their purpose. They're not clear on their vision or their beliefs. And they say, I'm going to go grind. And then they're not producing anything. Why isn't this working for me? Well, you don't even know the reason why you're doing it, much less you don't even understand where you're going. So if you don't know why you're doing it or where you're going, you're probably not going to produce very much. So don't do it for anybody else. Just stay in your lane and figure out what's your purpose, what drives you, what are your beliefs, what's your vision, and just go put in that work one day at a time. And you stack really good days on top of each other, you're going to make a difference and write one hell of a story. And on the subject of stories, you read books, and I should be reading a lot of books. What would you say are your top three books that you feel have impacted, not just your career, but you in general, that you'd recommend? Yeah, so the first one is Discover Your Destiny by Robin Sharma. Yeah. You like Sharma? Sharma's great. So Discover Your Destiny by Robin Sharma. Mm -hmm. I also really love a book by my mentor called Training Camp by John Gordon. Uh, being a coach, there's this fantastic character. I always tell John, and they're actually turning this book into a movie, and I say, Coach Ken has to be great. Like, Coach Ken, when this movie comes out, it has to be the way that I experience reading Coach Ken. It's like my favorite character like ever in a book. And so Coach Ken is, is awesome from training camp. And then there's a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And what's interesting is, is I think those three books really help me mold and shape uh, how I like to connect with a reader as a writer, right? So a lot of times I, I'll stand on the stage and I'll share titles of other people's books. I do a terrible job of selling my own, but I think it, it's what influences us through what we read that really enables us to determine how we shape our messages and how we want to help others. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And on that, with the... So I also want to hear just to mention that you've obviously got six books you've written, can you tell me a little bit about, so for all of who's watching this, what they could get from those books? Is there a pathway through them or are they all slightly different subjects? So a couple of them, a couple of them are quote books. So there's four, uh, four of the books are available on Amazon. So Pocket Principles or Pocket Truths for Success, uh, Fight the Good Fight, Leave Your Legacy and Own Your Success. Uh, once again, I, I told you I do a bad job of selling my own books. So I would tell you, I think the ones that people would enjoy the most Rather than saying go buy them all, it's probably own your success and leave your legacy. My my mentor, who I mentioned many times now, John Gordon, encouraged me to write fables. 
So there's a character named Pierce Edwards who's challenged in life, and he goes on this journey and learns these four distinct life lessons. So the characters that he learns these lessons from are based upon mentors who have helped me in my life. So when you write fables, you get to change their names. And so it's really interesting for those that have heard me speak, they read the book and they're like, oh, this character was so-and-so, this character was so-and-so, because I'm all about giving the credit to the individuals who have helped me realize the potential that lies within me. So people, the, the greatest feedback we get is probably from those two books. And then I would also love to give a book that we normally sell online to all of your following for being so gracious and having us on the show. So our coaching principles are inside of a book called Your Mental Toughness Playbook. So there are six proven mental training tools that we use as part of our coaching methodology. So myself, as, as well as our six other coaches who are part of our team, we all use these coaching methodologies, and everybody can get them for free at freeplaybook.net. Awesome. That's a bypass for your following to all receive the book for free, uh, but freeplaybook.net. Because when I have opportunities like this, one of the struggles is I want to make a difference, I want to have an impact, but we get to just share 30 minutes together, yet if we can provide these principles and somebody goes and looks at them, it could have long-term growth and sustainability from us, you know, spending this time together today. Awesome. So everyone watching this, I'm going to put the everything in afterwards. You can always there get you the go. link done. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. That's really lovely. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I guess the last thing, because the show's called Templates for Success, yep. there are so many def different definitions of success and it depends so much on the individual. What's your definition of success? Your ability to get back up one more time than you've been knocked down. That, to me, is success. And I would encourage everybody, and it's still the same for me. My coach to this day, her name is Laura Pierce. I've worked with her for years. She's this little bulldog, and she just gets after me and keeps me focused. And, you know, she helps me get up off that mat of life. You know, looking at my two beautiful children, my wife helps me get off that mat of life. Those mentors and coaches. So recognize, you know, when I say that, it's not you thinking of yourself being laid out on this mat of life and I gotta find a way to get up. You know, don't don't do it alone. There is no possible way I would be where I am in my life today if it wasn't for individuals who loved me like crazy during the times when I just couldn't put one foot in front of the other. And I think everybody, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you've been through challenge, you've been through adversity. I'm not the only individual that has a story. So find your perspective, find your strength, and don't ever stop fighting.